Yo, guess what time it is? It is 10.42 a.m., baby. Woo! 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 <laughs> Woke up at 4.30 in the morning today for the first time. I felt like shit. I couldn't sleep. It was weird. I my, my <laughs> I thought I was going to fall asleep. Uh, I took a hot shower before. I was like, all right. It was 10.30 p.m. Um, closed my eyes. Didn't sleep. Mm-mm. My body was like, my mind had other plans. So I think I went to like a small like uh, dream state at one point. Uh, that's not possible, right? No, I was, I don't know. I, I was just wandering off. Uh, at one point, I think I did fall asleep, but then I woke up because I was really fucking hot. I'm just a hot person. Like my body gets really hot. I don't know what's up with that. And my heart started beating really fast. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, eventually, I fell asleep just to wake up um, very violently by my by my alarm at 4.30. Um, but woke up at 4.30, immediately uh, made my breakfast of five eggs in the microwave because it's not the tastiest way to do it, but it's the fastest way to do it. Um, I made myself some yerba mate tea, and holy shit, did the yerba kick in. Whew. Uh, before 8 a.m., I finished the uh, one shitty page a day. I finished the blog posts. Hell yeah. Improvement, baby. I think it was before 8 a.m. Definitely the one shitty page. I don't know about the blog posts. Yeah, the blog posts as well. 7.39 a.m. Um, wow. And uh, a host of other things that I finished as well that I wanted to get done. And now we're just finishing the podcast. I already took, I already took my pictures. I just got to edit them. Uh, so I, I'm taking uh, daily pictures, right? And I post them on Instagram for one to start building content. Uh, any content really doesn't matter. I just want to keep posting consistency on on the socials. And and two, I'm learning how to use Lightroom, which is pretty cool. Some of uh, the pic that I posted yesterday, which was of a guitar and a guitar pick. Um, it, it looks pretty cool. I got it from, I got the inspiration from, uh, I literally searched up pictures to take uh, around your house with a macro lens because I have a little macro lens, which by the way, I haven't used, used effectively. I took one picture of a bee, which is all right. Um, the one thing I do want to find, I want to find like a, I want to have like, like a voice, an online voice, you know what I mean? Like a flavor. Right now, my Instagram doesn't really have a flavor. It's just a host of different pictures. And um, I think that'll, I mean, that'll come on its own. I'm just going to keep doing it. But hell yeah, we're here on the podcast. Let's open up this uh, blog post. You know what I want to get? I want to get one of those um, on-air signs just because, just because, so that I can put it outside the door and stuff when I'm on air. Um, Today's blog post was a short post brought to you by Topo Chico is what I would say if Topo Chico sponsored the podcast. Oh, also, I, I got rid of this, uh, the little stand. Uh, my mic used to have, like, a little stand that I would hold it with. And that's why you would hear, like, noises occasionally. Like, little... It was weird noises that you would hear. I got rid of it, and now I'm holding it. Uh, hopefully, there's no more noise. I don't think there is. Now I'm holding the mic with my hand. All right. Published. Uh, today's uh, blog post is called... Small is easy, 
Easy is consistent. Consistent is big. Here's how it goes. I have to start somewhere. My ego is quick to judge at the beginning of anything new I take on because it likes to compare myself with others. Thoughts like, I'm not doing enough, have often come to my mind in the past during the early stages of something I do. This way of thinking is a slippery slope because there is no, no point in doing more if you only do it once. What? <laughs> this way of thinking is a slippery slope because there is no point in doing more if you're only doing... What the... Oh, well, that sentence is terrible. I don't know what I was trying... What well, what I was trying to say there was that it's a slippery slope because uh, there's no point in doing it once if you're only going to do it once. There's no... Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it does make sense. This way of thinking is a slippery slope because there is no point... In doing more if you only do it one if you only do it once. Uh, but it needs to be a little more clear. Hmm. But yeah, I was trying to say that there's no point of doing more. If you're if you're not gonna repeat it afterwards. If the next day you're not gonna do it again. Um so the next sentence goes. It is better to do much less in one day. But do the same work for a hundred days straight. Then I have a picture of a uh small plant growing. Yesterday, when I was when I listed out all my all the tasks that I am supposed to get done in a day, I judged myself for not having a lot to do. God damn it! I need to use like a pacer or something because I can't fucking read here. What bothered me most is that I really thought I had a lot of things to do already. This illusion was born from me taking an entire day to finish five to ten small tasks. There are so many misspellings in this one, missing words and stuff. Bear with me here. Bear with me. Bothered. The illusion was born from me taking an entire day to finish my five to, five to ten small tasks. As I write this on the on day one of my waking up at four thirty a.m. experiment, it is seven a.m. and I still have and I have already completed more than one third of these tasks. The only thing that has changed between today and yesterday is my understanding that I can get more done during the course of the day. However, this period of getting five to ten small task done in a day was necessary. It was necessary to kickstart my ability to get anything done consistently. My days have been enjoyable so far, which has made it easy for me to do it all over again the next day. Now that I've now that I have built consistency, I can be, I can begin to build on my daily activities. Just like in exercise, you don't want to start with the hardest variation of something. You want to build up your muscles by starting with something that is perfectly stimulating, not too easy and not too hard. This way, when you progress to the hardest variation of the exercise, you can do it with good form and still enjoy it enough to do it again the next day. Never in my life have I been able to stay this consistent with new activities than as I do now. I feel as if I've found a way to make gold. Caesar the Alchemist. Trust me, start small. Small is easy, easy is consistent, and consi consistent is big. That's it, short, sweet, to the point, I liked it. Um, of course, the things that bother me about this is that my writing isn't as clear. And partly that's due because I, I just, um, I don't know how to put the sentences together and what words to use. I'm thinking of buying a book, looking for a book. I haven't even started looking. I do have one lead on a book that will teach me how to write better. Um, and it was a book that was that Tim Ferriss was talking about. Uh, I forgot what it was called, but it was about writing. Other than that, I haven't done any research. Of course, I'm sure there's a lot of free resources out there that I can look at. 
So yeah, that's that's the blog post for today. But wow, I was so happy. I was ha- I was so happy. It was um, it was, the the other thing about this the blog post is that I wasn't trying. And what I mean by that is that I wasn't trying. Um, I feel like you know that one time when two days ago when I couldn't finish the the blog post. I feel like I was trying too hard. And this one just came out of me, like it just. Uh, as Joe Rogan says about his comedy, uh, I felt like I was just uh, an instrument to write it. You know, it, it's not—it's nothing groundbreaking that I was talking about in the in the blog post, but the, I think it is a practice within itself to to um, put out work that seems to just come out of you. You know, whether it's groundbreaking or not, because that's what leads to the groundbreaking work. That's what leads to the, at least that's what I think. So yeah, good stuff. Now, this morning I was reading The War of Art um, by Stephen Pressfield. Phenomenal book, one of my favorite books. And I finished it this morning for the second time. The first time I read it was in my sophomore year of college. Um, That was also the year that my apartment got broken into. And my anti-theft backpack got stolen anti-theft because it's meant for travel so you don't get pickpocketed or they can't slash it open and in that backpack was my copy of the war of art and for the longest time for the next two years i think i i I forgot that it was in there and i kept looking for it and asking my mom where it was because i thought it was at home and this year for some reason i remembered suddenly Oh, it was in that backpack. And I think it was when I bought it again. Because I I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy another copy. I can't seem to find it. I'm just going to buy another copy. And when I saw the book, my memory, you know how memory is weird. You see something, you smell something, you taste something, and it takes you back. That's what happened when I saw saw this. I just saw the cover, and it kind of took me back. And I remember I used to keep it in that backpack. Well... I got I bought it again and I read it. And I got so much more out of it this time reading it. Um let me see. I want to read some uh some lines here. Uh towards the end of the book on page 161 he says um he talks about um the fruits of our labor. And what he's talking about here is uh, why uh, why we should do work. And by work, he means whatever you feel um, a calling to do or, or, or attracted to do, you know? Throughout the book, he, the author, Stephen Pressfield, talks about a lot about his own life. But it, it's cool how he talks about it because it's not... It's not like a biography, and it's all very philosophical, but practical at the same time. And he uses his own life as a way to uh, to describe what he's trying to say with like the philo- with the philosophical side. But by using his own life as an example, is it's also what makes it so practical because these things he talks about are these ideas he talks about are ideas that he used himself to become the great pub- the great author that he is. So then he's talking about work on page 161. 
And he says, we must do work. We must do our work for its own sake, not for fortune or attention or applause. Do it as an offering to God. And he uses the word God loosely. Doesn't want you to think of it as like a religious term. Um, he's he, he's using God as whatever whatever the great the great out there is, whatever the universe is, you know, whatever higher power there is, because he does believe there is a higher power. Um, not doesn't necessarily have to be God, but he thinks there's something more, you know, something that has led to us being conscious. And I like it. I like it. And and so he taught when I, when I read this about um uh we must do our work for its own sake. It's it was a good reminder. Cuz I think that's one of the things I think it was a perfect reminder at the perfect time. I think I have to remember that as I'm I'm writing this blog and I'm doing this podcast. I have to remember that I have to do it because I enjoy it. I I do enjoy these things. These these are things I actually enjoy. And I don't know why. And um, maybe they will lead to something, but maybe they don't. But no, actually, scratch that. I do know that they definitely do lead to something. Whether it's something to do with um, these formats themselves, the podcast and the blog, or skills that I build through them. I know they're definitely leading through, through something. And, and sometimes I can get lost in my own mind um, thinking that there's an audience out there that maybe one day a lot of people are going to listen to this and maybe a lot of, a lot of people are going to read this this blog. And so I start to filter out the things that I would otherwise write if I didn't think about that. And by um, and, and this little reminder, just this little reminder, I was like, that's right. That's what I have to keep in mind. I have to keep in mind that I'm doing this um, for the art itself, for trying to be better, a better podcaster, trying to be a better writer, and in the course, trying to find uh, what how I want to express myself. No, not express myself, what I want to give to the world. That's a pretty cool quote. Um, let me see if, I, if I'm going to read anything else. To bring into existence... That which is not yet, but which will be through us. Yeah, so right here, a little bit after, on the same page, 161. The labor the labor in this way is a form of meditation and supreme species of spiritual devotion. Um, to bring into existence that which is not yet, but which will be through us. We were put here on earth to act as agents of the infinite, to bring into existence that which is not yet, but which will be through us, to acknowledge that reality, to efface all ego, to let the work come through us and give it back freely to its source. That, in my opinion, is a true, is as true to reality as it gets. And I'm skipping around here, but these are just things I underlined. I like to underline certain parts of my books. You know, before when I was, when I used to, read when I started reading which was around my freshman year of college before that I never really read a book um, that wasn't assigned to me I was scared to underline and star and stuff but there was all these you know great within a book there's so many great lines you know and it all all it takes is one sentence to change your entire an entire idea or to shift your way of thinking um, I don't know when it was, but I eventually I was just like, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. And I grabbed the pen and started uh, 
underlining shit, starring stuff. Never looked back since. It's great. I even fold. I do the the ear folds. <laughs> what do they call them? The dog ear folds, <laughs> page folds, and uh, and so this book has so many like uh, dog ear folds. What the fuck they're called? Let's go to one of the first ones so you can get a taste of what else is in this book. Let's go towards the beginning because it it is in a logical format, kind of. Uh, the book, I mean, is like s- structured in a, in a format that uh, progresses, that the ideas progress upon themselves. It adds on. He begins the book by talking about um, what he calls resistance. And resistance is all that that um, prevents you from doing your work. A lot of it is procrastination, self-doubt. And so here's a line. Here's a line from um, the very beginning of the book, page 40, uh, where he talks about resistance and fear. That's the that's the uh, title of the little chapter. The other great thing about this book is that each chapter is about no more than three pages long. And the 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 wording and the sentence structure is very like spread apart. So it's not a lot of words. You're not reading a lot. So here's a line from Resistance and Fear. Therefore, the more fear we feel about specific enterprise, about a specific enterprise, the more certain we can be that that enterprise is important to us and to the growth of our soul. He's talking about how resistance is experienced as fear and um, how fear is one of our tools that we can use to find out what is important to us and what we need to do. Now, let's move on to uh, more towards the middle of the book. Just to one of these. So, I have like levels of importance. And the way I mark how important something is. Um, if I underline something, eh, that was okay, important. If I underline star, that was more important. If I underline star and then fold the page, it's pretty important. If I underline star... Fold the top of the page and fold the bottom of the page. That's some of the most important stuff in the book. <laughs> now, I don't know how uh, consistent I am with the judgment of the things that I uh, deem very, very important. But let's move on to um, one of these one of these uh, double-folded pages. Some of these double-folded pages, what I'm seeing is that I I just like the entire chapter. And there's this one called uh, You Ink. And in this one, let me just see real quick. Yeah, this if I remember correctly. Yep. This is the chapter where he tells you to think of yourself as a corporation. He says you need it gives you a healthy distance from ourselves we're less subjective we don't take blows as personally we're more cold-blooded we can price our wares more realistically sometimes as joe blow himself i'm too mild-mannered to go out and sell but as joe blow inc i can pimp the hell out of myself i'm not me anymore i'm me inc 
I'm a pro. He talks about turning pro. The difference between an amateur and a professional. He's, he gives a whole bunch of uh, different uh, like uh, things that separate an amateur and a professional. And this is one of them, the thinking of yourself as um, – as, as a corporation, he wants you to separate yourself because he says that we, we are too, uh, uh, like self-deprecating and we don't, um, we don't put our, our best face forward. You know, we got to be our best salesman. Anyway, this book I, lo- I love so much. And, uh, and when I read it the first time, it wasn't as important to me. I still knew these ideas started to shift the way I saw a lot of things. Because back then, one of the biggest uh, things that I was dealing with was procrastinating with my homework and uh, um, school assignments. And it, it, what I really resonated with me was the beginning of the book where he talks about resistance, which is basically procrastination. But now that I've graduated and I'm, I'm more in a uh, creative state in my life, um, it's even more important. And you know what was crazy? I started to get into Joe Rogan sophomore year and that year he, I was reading the book and I was watching his podcast and he had the book on the table and I was like, Oh fuck. And he talked about it. He talked about how, how he loved it. He loved it as well. A lot of the ideas on there that resonated with him. So that's just something cool. But anyway, today after I finished the book, I ordered two copies and I sent them to my brothers because, um, I think that's that's what it's all about. I mean, the Caesar Encyclopedia, my uh, my newsletter that I send out every Friday. It began. The idea behind it is that to share the knowledge that we um, that we find in within our lives. One of the craziest things about books for me is that these books um, are usually the ones that I read, nonfiction are compilations of lessons that somebody learned through their entire life. That's 60 years, 50 years, 40 years, however many years they lived, and all the lessons from failures, successes, um, regrets, they put them all in one book, and you get to read them in the course of however long it takes you to read that book, which usually is no, no more than, you know, even if it takes a year. You get 40 years of experience. I think that's Ah, that's fucking great, you know? And if we could just share more knowledge, you know, with each other instantly, that's, I understand now, I, and it's weird because now that I'm getting older and I'm gradu- I've graduated and stuff, graduated from college, I started to connect the the dots onto why so many companies um, uh, are successful, you know, like uh, like Google. It's like they did that. They were able to connect people to knowledge faster. Uh, and uh, Instagram, all the social medias, you know, they, they're able to connect people faster. And I, I start to see how that is, I mean, that's like our path of evolution. How can we connect the ideas that are in our minds, like separately, right? Everybody has ideas in their minds. How can we instantly connect with each other faster and faster right until we get to the point where it's instantaneous because that's the uh that's that's the the pinnacle 
and me and my roommate Alex are talking. We would talk about how the problem with uh with the business that we tried to start earlier. Um, well, there's several problems, right? But one of the one of the things we learned is that uh, if we could just connect to everyone instantly and instantly put our our business idea in their mind, what we're selling, you know, who knows how many we would have so many customers because like the article, I feel I feel like the article from uh, what is it? Kevin Kelly says a thousand true fans. The only thing standing from you and those thousand true fans are being able to connect with them, putting out the content and stuff. So in the case of the business, we had, we had like the services or the, um, the, the things we were selling. All that was left was to get in front of the eyes of the people, the marketing. And so now, and that's, and it's weird. I don't know if you're seeing what I'm seeing, but I'm seeing all those connections of how. Um, it's all about how can we share ideas? How can we, uh, learn faster? So I'm sending these books. I send these books to my brothers because, uh, cause I, I kind of vetted the book, you know, I read it and I, I think they'll, you know, they'll get something out of it. And yeah, that's my little ramble about sharing knowledge. Anyway, here's this other thing that's been happening to me. Um, I've got the, so I, I've been typing more and I felt my right hand. I usually use my, use my right hand more when I'm typing. It's like more dominant also because I, I don't think I know how to type correctly. So I don't use my left hand as much and my right hand is doing a lot of the work and it started cramping up a lot like the forearm. And so all that comes to my mind is something that I've heard only in passing carpal tunnel. <laughs> so I'm like, do I have that? And what is that? I've heard that people have to get surgeries for that. So I, I started to get scared. <laughs> um, thankfully, though, I I have this book called The Supple Leopard. And I brought it. It's The Supple Leopard, Becoming a Supple Leopard by Dr. Dr. Kelly Starre. It's a huge fucking book. And it's all about mobility and preventing injury, fixing injury. And showing you how to use the best posture in any position. Anything you do in your life. Any exercise, any whether you're sitting or not. And here's the sad thing about this. I haven't read it all the way through. I've read a few pages. And it's more of a reference book. But but the beginning you can really read through. Um, however, so I started feeling this... Um, this... Uh, what's it fucking called? <laughs> this cramping, right? Um... And I came to this book and I looked to the back because in the back of the book, he has prescriptions. For example, if you have any sort of pain, neck pain, elbow pain, wrist pain, he gives you certain stretches and stuff. And so he has one called wrist pain carpal tunnel. I did prescription B where I grab a ball. I had a tennis ball and I smashed my forearm. That's what he calls it. It's a forearm smash. And I just smash my forearm with it, apply intense pressure with the ball and then move my my arm uh, left and right like if I'm waving and holy shit I did that for about two minutes uh, two nights ago I did it on my left arm as well even though it wasn't hurting wow wow it relieved the pain it's gone um, I could feel that it was so tight and now it's it's still a little tight but it's way better and I did it last night as well 
I remember having some um, when I was doing jujitsu. So like my back was killing me, and I know it was because I was doing bad posture. This book gave me some stretches that also helped. They would relieve that back pain a lot, that lower back pain. Incredible book if you have any uh, any sort of pain or just want to learn more about the proper positions that your body is meant to be in. I really recommend that book. But I, I wanted to talk about it because it's fucking incredible. It's kind of like cold and hot plunges. Uh, when I when I was doing uh, cold and hot plunges, one one of the one of the days I got I pulled the muscle in my back doing kettlebell swings, and I went for one session of uh, three rounds of three minute three rounds of one minute each in hot water and cold water, so six minutes total, and it was gone, like that muscle spasm that I thought would take like a week or more to go away. It was gone in in the course of that small amount of time. These things are incredible. Fucking incredible. Uh, what else we got? So, I have Adobe Cloud. And they have this... Um, they have a, Audacity is what it's called, I think. Audition. It's called Audition. It's the program for editing audio. The weird thing is, is that I still don't edit my audio or record using Audition. Because I just, I'm not familiar with it. And I just, <laughs> this is so much easier to just pull up the recorder on my on my computer and just record. Just hit record. But the cool thing about Audition is that it allows you to like layer different types of audio and you can create um, intros and shit. So I'm going to create, I'm, I'm going to create an intro for Dose of Caesar. I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking of um, seeing if I could. Add some of my favorite songs, like the instrumentals. Um, but also, I don't know what like what should be, what else should be on, on the, in the intro. I know I, I want it to be a beat, like Joe Rogan's or Tim Ferriss's. I think they've got the right idea. But also, I know I'm a, I've got a different flavor. You know, I just still don't even know what my flavor is. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to talk about that. I think this is good for today. Really good, thirty minutes, solid thirty minutes. Hey, these, uh, this waking up at uh, 4.30 a.m., I know it's all about consistency, and I know we're going to have to wait to see until the experiment is over. But first day, I would say, is already at 11, 12 a.m., a great success. Holy shit. Jocko is on to something on this one. Jocko is definitely on to something. Okay, excited to come back tomorrow. Y'all have fun. We'll see you later.